0: Yo, it's your neighborhood preacher in the house. Listen, I'm coming to a neighborhood near you. Make sure you turn the volume up on this one. I hope you've been having a really good time journeying with me as I've been following Christ. Uh, We dealt with fear on our last message. Please, I'd appreciate it. Um, First off, I just want to say thank you to Podcast Central LA, Big Steve over here making things happen for me. He's been a godsend, a blessing in my life. Uh, a mentor to me. I really look up to him. Listen, if you guys are interested in doing podcasts, if you're interested in safety, you need to hit up my man on IG at Podcast Center LA. Listen, the last message that we dealt with was on fear. We all experience it, but I hope that uh, it encouraged you I hope that uh, it brought some information and some knowledge to you that uh, can help you be more confident in your walk with God and in, in your life. Uh, please pass me along. Uh, I'd really appreciate all those that support me, all of those that are listening and uh, really trying to invest in themselves. I, I believe that uh, my messages are uh, worthy uh, of you applying them, of worthy of you listening, and uh, I, I guarantee you, you're going to get something out of them each and every time. Uh, Listen, I'm just like you. I'm the neighborhood preacher, but uh, I've been broken. I've been down and out. Uh, I've been up against the fences. I've been hanging on for dear life with my nails literally scratching down the cliff. Um, Let me tell you something. This year is a new year. Remember that. Uh, If you are in Christ, you are a brand new creation as well. Uh, I want you guys to hold fast to your faith. I just have a. I just have something to impress in my spirit for anybody who hears this message right now. uh, As we get into uh, another topic, uh, I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. And I want to introduce you uh, to the Holy Spirit so that you may walk with the Holy Spirit. But a word of encouragement to you. Do not cast away your faith. I cast away my faith many times. I I, I did not have confidence in my faith. And I want to tell you something. Every single time I did that, I lost so what I want to tell you and I want to remind you do not cast away your confidence your faith in Christ because there is a great reward at the end of it you could be this close I'm talking my fingers are together this close to walking into the blessings of God but when you deviate when you choose plan B and C and D and me and you don't stick to plan A You don't stick to God's word. You don't stick to what's best for you. Listen, I want to encourage you. You're better than that. You know better. You're better than that. And I'm going to tell you something. We are not going to settle for the crumbs that we got last year. We're going to push forward to being the best that we can be. So listen, go after you this year. Uh, You are your own competition. You got to beat yourself every day. Your neighborhood preacher is in the house. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. I ask that you bless every single person that would listen to this message. I thank you for each and every person, man, woman, young, and old. Child, I ask that you put your hand upon them, that you open the eyes of their understanding, that you prepare their hearts so it would be fertile ground that the word of God and that the teaching today would not fall to the wayside. I ask that it would produce much fruit, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this time and fill us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, uh, I'm just excited every time to be in this studio. I'm excited to come to you wherever you're at. Stay encouraged. <laughs> you're my people, and uh, I'm here for you. So if there's something that you need, you know how to get in contact with me. Uh, there's got to be some comments, uh, a comment area. I'm on IG. Uh, listen, just get at me. Let me know what I can do for you or in any way that I can. I will help. Uh, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Uh, We dealt last time with the battle of the mind. We dealt with the war between the flesh and the spirit. And we understood uh, that there's a war taking place inside of us, and uh, there's another law within inside of our members warring against our mind, uh, trying to bring us into subject to the flesh and to sin. Uh, You see, we learned also that we fulfill the flesh whenever we set our minds on things of the flesh. So what's important is that uh, you stay with me. Listen, I know my schedule may change from time to time, but but listen, uh, I'm gonna put the C in consistency. No matter what I gotta do, I'm gonna bring it to you. So I want you to open up your Bibles, if you will, with me um, to Romans chapter eight. And this is gonna get really, really good. I hope that uh, you're enjoying your journey, no matter where you're at with Christ, I want you to continue to learn to surrender, surrender your moment, (laughs) surrender your anger, surrender that situation, surrender that person that you might want to elbow in the face, (laughs) just surrender your life. The more and more that me and you can learn to surrender, the more and more we can allow God the opportunity. God is a God of opportunity. My pastor says big shout out to pastor Hector as well. Listen, uh, God is a God of opportunity, and if you make opportunity for God, I'm telling you, he's not a God that wastes that opportunity. He's going to come right in, and he's going to make the best of it, probably better than uh, what me and you can make of our situation. So let's have fun with the word of God. This is not a dull message. This is an inspiring message. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, you're going to get something out of it. Romans chapter eight, let's read verses one through nine. Here we go. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So I want to talk to you about the spirit today. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. It has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did it through his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On the account of sin, he condemned. Oh, wow. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh. But guess what? According to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on things of the flesh. That's how we end up in the wrong situation or bad places or doing things that we shouldn't. We set our minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on things of the spirit for to be carnally minded, meaning fleshly minded, worldly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity. It's at war against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You see, a lot of times we get into this battle, we feel so bad, we feel so guilty, we feel so condemned. Listen, you don't have to partake of the flesh. It's a struggle. It might give you some pleasure. It might give you some fulfillment or or appeasing your, uh, uh, some satisfaction for for the uh, temporary moment but that exchange to walk with God and make him happy man it can't even compete to make God happy and to please God by walking in the spirit I'm telling you, you have no idea the life and the and, and and the top of the mountain type of lifestyle you can live and doing good and being righteous and having a mind that's clean and pure it, it outweighs by far on um, the nasty things that we entangle our minds with But it says that we cannot please God if we're walking in the flesh. In verse 9, it says, and this is where we're going to end right now. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So sometimes you got to ask yourself, is the Spirit of God dwelling in me right now? Live and online, it's Dollar Training Club, the Internet's best safety and risk training for just a buck. Get Dollar Training Club. Spend a buck and get trained up. That's dollartrainingclub.com. Check out the catalog at dollartradingclub.com. That's not a question we need to ask every day. That's a question you need to ask yourself right now. Are you allowing the spirit of God to dwell in you? Because he says you are not in the flesh. You're in the, you're in the spirit if the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. It makes it really plain and simple. I love the Bible. You see, a lot of times we make it um, bigger than it is, but the reality is, is the Bible is Really, really plain and simple to me, to a person that is filled with the spirit, where the spirit can convict us, can guide us, can lead us, can help us understand exactly what we're reading because our intentions are pure in the spirit and in our heart is pure toward God. We really want to know. We don't want to dissect it so we can walk away from it or not uphold it or not do what God said. You see, you're never going to get really the truth there. You're already, you're already condemning yourself. The reality is, as Paul said, remember when he, when, he, when he said, remove this thorn in my flesh? He says, look, I practice the things that I don't want to, and the things that I want to practice, I find myself not doing. He says, who will save me from this body of death, oh, wretched man that I am? Listen, sometimes we find ourselves in that situation only because we set our mind on these things. But here's the reality. You are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says at the, at the end of that uh, portion of scripture, and it says, if you don't have his spirit, then you're, you're not his. Listen, there is no guilt in Christ. He is a God of forgiveness. And I want you to understand in what we just read right now, Jesus abolished sin. Jesus stomped on sin. It's like, you know, let's say you're in a race and you, 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 you won the race and you want to redo it just so you can get second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, or 10th. What good is that really going to do? You already won. See, Jesus already won the race. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the father and he already abolished sin. He put sin in its place. He even said, death, where is your sting? Jesus stomped on sin. He abolished sin through himself, becoming wrapped in the flesh, becoming sin for us. You see, I I think we don't realize that and we forget that. You know, that's what keeps me from sin. It keeps me from walking in my flesh and it it helps me to walk in my spirit by remembering that Jesus became sin, not just the little sin I want to partake in or the big sin that I might have done. Jesus became sin. Everything that you can imagine. He endured it, he abolished it, and he put it in its place. But in this portion of scripture, it said we are in the spirit if God dwells in us. And we cannot please God if we are in the flesh. You see, I want to remind you today, and here's the reality. We have the power to choose. We have the power to choose what we're going to focus on, what we're going to meditate on, and what we're going to partake of. You know, and if we have the same power to say, ugh, I don't like that food, or I don't like that kind of food, or I don't like this, I don't eat that, then why can't we look at sin and say, you know what, that's no good for me, I don't like that. That's not good for me because God said so. I can't partake of that. You see, we all have that ability. We all have the power to choose. And remember what we learned. Paul told us to meditate on things that are of good rapport, that are righteous. Or we can meditate on worldly things of the flesh like jealousy, lust, pride, hate, unforgiveness, anger, being intoxicated, filling with with things that God dislikes. We can partake, uh, meditate on lies. We can meditate on so many things that doesn't please God. And the reality is, is that is leading us to death. We will never, ever, ever have a better outcome, not only in our walk with God, but in our life if we continue to meditate on things of the flesh. Jesus already abolished sin. Why would me and you continue? It's like, you know, there's there's a... A quote and and there's an example that says have you ever seen you know a dog uh, return after it vomits to 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 eat it back up you know we look at that and we go uh you know that's nasty or I would never do that but we do that constantly with areas in our life where Jesus already overcame those areas he overcame those areas of of jealousy and hate and lust and pride and and He overcame these areas in our life where we don't have to settle for second best and third and fourth and fifth. We can be first. We can be first place. We can live in a good life with Christ if we just remember that Jesus became sin. He abolished sin. He put it under his feet, but yet sometimes we choose to partake of it. So I wanna introduce you into walking in your spirit and not in your flesh. I'm gonna go to 1 Corinthians chapter six. I want you to stay plugged in with me. This is a phenomenal portion of the Bible. Uh, I, I'm telling you, it, it, it's, it's going to trip you out. Check out uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 19, maybe even 20. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take members of Christ and then make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that who is joined to a harlot is one body with her for the two he says shall become one flesh. So when we're having premarital sex, we're having um, intercourse, we're having uh, we we're, we're partaking of sexual immorality with, with people who we're not in covenant with and with God. It says that the Bible clearly tells us that we become one with that person In one way, shape, or form, you do. But he's giving us an example here of our bodies, our members belonging to Christ. He's starting to paint a picture of how we present our bodies and what we're joining it to. In verse 16, again, he says, or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her. For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Wow, powerful. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So Paul says to the Corinth church, and he says it to us today, and I'm saying it to you now, flee, in verse 18, sexual immorality, every sin that a man does, is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Look at verse 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? I want you to realize, my people, your neighborhood preacher is reminding you, is teaching you, is telling you is proclaiming that no matter where you go, no matter what room you walk into, no matter what door that you close, no matter what sin you partake of that does not honor God, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you everywhere you go. If you've already accepted Christ, you see, and a lot of people will say, nah, I don't want to accept Christ, my man. Danny, I don't want to accept Christ. Listen, I'm not ready to follow the Lord. Uh, I'm telling you, They always tell me because they're not ready to put away their sin. Listen, hell was not created for man. Jesus Christ did not come to separate everybody and say, look, you guys are better and you guys are worse. God didn't create a place called hell for man. He created it for the fallen. He created it for Satan and his fallen angels. He created it for those that opposed him in heaven. Listen, Satan got rocked. He got rocked like a blazing lightning, the Bible says, that he got kicked in the butt and he flew down, it says, from lightning to the earth like a lightning bolt. I don't want to join that dude's army. I've been a part of that dude's army for a long time. He took, a, he took out me. He took out my family. He stunted my growth with God. He robbed me of my blessings. Listen, Satan only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when we're thinking and meditating and we're walking in the flesh, listen, we're destroying our own bodies. We're joining ourselves to things that we shouldn't. We're meditating on things that don't produce anything good. I don't care what you settle for, if it's pleasure, some satisfaction, some type of entertainment, what you're putting before your eyes, maybe your nose. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, the reality is it cannot compete. It can't hold a candle next to what God has for us. That's the reality. The thing is, is will you take the challenge? See, Jesus Christ not not only took the challenge, he was faithful in what his father asked him to do. His father asked him to lay his life down, to, to feel every bit of sin that would come upon man, and he resisted that sin. He was always prayed up. That's why your neighborhood preacher tells you, stay up, stay prayed up. Because the reality is, once you stop talking to God, once you stop acknowledging him in all your ways, I'm going to tell you, you can hit a dip in the road real quick. Sometimes I'm talking, I'll be with somebody and we'll just be maybe trying to grab our water or, 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 or a cup of coffee, but there goes a dip in the road. And you know what? I didn't even see it. Now it's all over my hands, finger, whatever my clothes. I don't know. But listen, that's just like life. And that's just like sin. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? I could stay there all day. Listen, saints. If you have accepted Christ in exchange for your sin, knowing that he died for your sin, knowing that God sent his only son to take your place, if you accepted that message, that is one part. That is only one part of that message. Sometimes we realize that and then we accept that, but we are not willing to exchange what comes next. What comes next is Jesus says you must deny yourself Pick up your cross and follow me, or you cannot be my disciple. He said you must love your brother, your father, your sister, or he, he, you, must, you must hate them. So let me stand corrected. You must hate your mother, your brother, your father, your sister more than your love for Christ. He says, he says nobody can get in the way of this walk with God if you partake of his holiness and his righteousness and his abolishing of your sin and giving you, hold on now, giving you, okay, this is a gift, giving you eternal life, giving you hope and peace and love and being with you till the ends of the earth, sending you out even as lambs amongst wolves. If they hated him, he said, they'll hate you. He said, but be joyful. He said, he said, do not fear. Let your heart not even be afraid. He says, I've overcome the world. But yet we keep partaking of things of the world. Again, in verse 19 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. Look at verse 20 for you were bought at a price. Listen, my people, my friends. You are not your own. I don't care how much you think you're in control. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, whether or not you want to exchange your life or not. You are still bought with a price. In reality, God owns you. He can't force your will, but he owns you. That's why we must give an account. That's why we must give an answer for the way that we live. We're not all perfect, nor are we going to be. But if we don't make that exchange, we want all the blessings of God. We want God to help us out in a tough situation. We want God to lift up our heart when it's breaking and folding and coming to nothing. We want God to get us that job. We want God us to get us that, that career. We want God to get us that growth or that increase or to help somebody that we love who's sick or dying. But we don't want to exchange our life for a God who not only gave his life but gives us joy and peace and strength and power and his spirit who's come to live inside of us and he purchased us that's how much he loves us why would we not exchange our life for a life in him It says you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I started changing my whole aspect of life when I started to realize, and I just stopped running from it. And I started to realize that I am not my own. I don't belong to myself. Even when I tried, listen, I'm a smart guy. Listen, I can do a lot of things. I think I'm pretty gifted and talented. And none of those things got me an advancement on life. I didn't get any more women. I didn't get any more money. Uh, let me tell you something I ran myself to the ground. Why? Because that's what we do, that's our programmed nature in the flesh. We want more whenever satisfied. And then we, we lie to ourselves and say, well, we are, you know, we, we're, we're content for a season. But then we want to partake of a little bit more, and we want a little bit more. And before you know it, we got to make these corrections again. Oh, man, I, 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 need, I, I need to just check myself again. Listen, as much effort as we put into running our own life, if we put that effort into a life with Christ, I'm telling you right now, it'd be magnificent. It would be amazing. Now, we don't trade our life for some Santa Claus. We trade our life and lay down our life because when we walk in the spirit, it leads to life. When we walk in the flesh, it leads to death. Wow. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you and it came from God. You are not your own and you were bought with the price therefore god says or the word says to glorify god in your body and in your spirit which belong to god see i could just imagine right now as we move forward being with jesus everybody can get this picture of the of the uh, last supper and uh, or walking through the the fields and eating wheat from 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 the wheat fields and hearing his word and and the sermon on the mounts and seeing all the people come, um, um to to cling after him, to be healed, to 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 listen or to object, to criticize, to correct, what have you. But when the disciples were with Jesus, I can imagine it was pretty good. I can imagine it was pretty amazing. But when Jesus left, I think that was the real true test. And the disciples were like me and you, and they were fishermen, and they were tax collectors and doctors. If you really think about it, the disciples w- w- were not anymore you know, spiritually blessed, or, or, or they, hadn't, it, they didn't really have anything on us. They were just a common man, just like me and like you. But the reality is, is that they couldn't do it by themselves either. Okay? And neither can we. So if you journey with me to John chapter 14, it's going to get even better. I hope that uh, I'm encouraging you. I hope I'm stirring up your faith. I hope that uh, I am leading you to get stronger in your walk with God. Because listen, you know, the Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You know, the reality is, is that, man, I Google everything. Everything. And, and it's grandma, <laughs> you know, I Google any and everything, you know, when I want to find out something and when it comes to, to the Lord, I do the same very thing. I mean, I dig, I research if I, this doesn't make sense to me. I want to know what that word meant, but the Bible says that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. I hope that I'm bringing some knowledge to you, into your home, to your car, at your job, wherever you're at. And I bless you, honestly. I I'm I'm really thrilled to be with you. And uh I praise God that you're listening. John chapter 14. We're gonna read verses eleven through 17. It says, and 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 I wanna brief you here real quick. This uh these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is um basically saying he's getting ready to be crucified. And I want you, I wanna, I wanna just give you a, a a a big picture here. Many times, Jesus was already at the temples. He was already in the crowds. And if you'll read the Gospels, it says that they tried to stone him, you know, two or three times. Listen, back in the day, that was a, a raw way to get dealt with. You know, you get beamed in the head with, with a huge boulder, and then they just, they just keep stoning you until you're dead. They wanted to stone Jesus, Jesus was causing an uproar. Jesus was um causing a movement. Jesus was healing. Jesus was putting spit in the dirt and placing it on blind eyes, and the blind were able to see. There were ten lepers that were healed, and one of them came back. Only one came back and was grateful and thanked. I mean Jesus was doing some 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 good. Jesus was the power of God on the earth. And he was he was changing the world around him. Listen, the resurrection is about to go down. or I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Persecution is going down, all right? The Roman Empire was extremely upset. The Pharisees and the Sadducees um, wanted him dead. So the heat was on. And now he's talking about his upcoming crucifixion, not the resurrection, okay? So I stand corrected. He's talking about his crucifixion, And he left his disciples wondering, and they're all asking questions. And Jesus, in these portions of scripture in John chapter 14, and we're going to start at verse 11, Jesus is speaking now. He says, believe me that I am. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. He says, or believe me for the sake of the works themselves. That's powerful. Jesus says, look, believe me. Believe that the Father's in me and I'm in the Father, okay? I mean, that, that's the best it gets. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen God. See, God is spirit. Jesus came down in the form of flesh, right? He was he was born through Mary, and he was a man just like me and you. But listen, check this out. If you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. He said, if you don't believe me At least believe me for the sake of the works themselves. In verse 12 of John chapter 14, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. Whatever you ask in his name, he will do it. He'll do it to get the job done and his purpose in your life. He's fortifying the disciples. He's saying, listen, believe in me that I'm in the Father, the Father is in me. If not, believe just the works alone. And he says, most assuredly, whoever believes in me, he will do the works that I did and even greater. Now you're wondering, how am I and how are you going to do the works of Jesus and even greater? Well, we're going to get to that. Look at verse 15. He said, Before we get to verse 15, check this out. I got an example for you. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And God will do it so that the the son may be glorified. Listen, have you ever worked for the owner of a company or, you know, the big boss, and he sends you down to the store, and they have an account there, right? Say account. Yeah, they got an account, and he says, listen, I need you to get... A, B, C, D, and E. And by the way, listen, pick up whatever else you need. Throw it on the account. It's all covered. You go, whoa, wow. Well, I mean, they got to pay the bill, but I can walk in there and I can put it under this account. Jesus says, put it under my account. He says, whatever you need to do my works that I'm calling you to do, And I'm calling you to be. And now listen, I'm talking to you right now. Wherever you're at in your life, whatever changes you need to make, whatever you feel that God wants you to do in this life, listen, all you got to do is ask him and God will make a way for it to be happened so that his son is glorified. He's got it all covered. He's got, Jesus has an account with the father. The Father God, the main Father that you could ever have. Not not the Godfather like the mafia. I'm talking God the Father. He has got an account with God, and it's all covered. The price has already been paid. He says, get what you need. So listen, whatever we need in this life, through Christ, as, as we pray, As we seek God, I'm telling you right now, never let us down. He's never, you know, he could be early, but he's never late. And I'm going to tell it to you like this. Look at verse 15. Here is the key. If you love me, keep my commandments. I hear a lot of people say, man, you know, that they they love their friends and, and, you know, their friends love them. And, and and their loyalty and their respect and what they're willing to do and let me tell you something but those same people um show me that they don't know anything about loyalty at all because if you did you would know you know once you once you know what Christ did for you um there wouldn't be this running game the only thing that we do is we're running from ourselves. because the reality is is that Jesus is the most loyal friend you're ever going to have in your life and he says this To his disciples, he says this to me and you today. If you love me, keep my word, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Listen, during the whole time of this message, I just keep seeing God give. God keeps giving. God keeps doing. God keeps providing. God keeps setting the bar so that we can be victorious in him so that we don't lose. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my word. You know, when my son and my daughter do something completely contrary to what I've taught them and to what my word is, you know, I know they love me, but it makes you feel like they don't, you know, people don't love you when they don't keep your word. Jesus is saying, if you love me, keep my word, keep my commandments. And I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And he's called in verse 17 of John chapter 14. Look at this, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. you see that? And he will be in you. You see that again? There's a confirmation, again, that the Holy Spirit of God is the spirit of truth. You know him. He talks to you. He convicts you. Sometimes you feel like it's that little impression or that little voice or that little nudge. Listen, the Holy Spirit also lives in you. Remember what we read. Do you not know that your temple is, or your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now we're seeing again that Jesus is saying, if you love me, keep my commandments and I'm going to do this for you. Even though I got to go, even though I'm not here, the Holy Spirit will be and we will make our home in you. Look at verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Let's move to verse 25. It says these things, Jesus is talking, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Not some things. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Look at what Jesus gives us again on top of the Holy Spirit in this great helper. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my word, and I got you. I got you another helper. His name is the Holy Spirit. So as I'm introducing you to the Holy Spirit, wherever you're at in your walk with God, the Holy Spirit isn't a tenant. The Holy Spirit doesn't pay rent and then you just let him rent out a room or two in your life. This is powerful, and I need you to pay attention to this. The Holy Spirit is with you no matter what you think that you're hiding, no matter what you think that you're closing the door to. He's not a tenant. His residency is is your body. His temple, the spirit of truth, the spirit of God, is you. It's you that brings me to a very emotional, a very uh, grateful place. It uh, brings me to a place of awe. You have been bought with purchased with the price. You are not your own. I don't know anybody that's come to you recently and said, hey, uh, John Doe over here laid his life down for you. Jesus loves you. And Jesus gave you another helper so that we don't have to walk in this earthly suit in this world on our own. Jesus gave us another helper, but not only that, to abide with us forever. He said, We know him because he dwells in us. Remember, Jesus is, is setting himself up and preparing himself right now to be crucified. He said that the Holy Spirit's going to teach you and going to remind you of everything that Jesus said. He says, Peace, I'll leave with you. And peace I want to extend to you no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in your walk with God. I want you to know that uh, God can do great things. If you just allow Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts, against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh. You know, my pastor had an awesome demonstration this last Sunday about walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. It just blew me away. He said, have you ever took two magnets and just tried to put them together? (laughs) And I'm just sitting there and I could just see this perfectly. And he says, no matter what you do, they're not made to go together. The flesh isn't made to go with the spirit. The spirit's not. And look at what Paul says. He says, it lust, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. They're opposites of one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law or under, under the, the works of the flesh. It says, now the works of the flesh are. So I want to help you. I want you to see here in the word of God what they are. So that way we do not walk in them. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, you know, arguments and backbiting, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. I used to have that all the time. My Lord, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past that those who practice such such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He lays it out right here. But what is walking in the Spirit? What is the fruit of that? If you look at that tree, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such there is no law there is nothing that can bind those things and those who are in christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires here's part two in giving your life to christ here's part two of that and we're going to wrap up here just as christ crucified himself his body in the physical we spiritually have to crucify those passions and desires you now know what walking in the flesh is and you now know that love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness gentleness self-control and all those in faithfulness are walking in the spirit so I know that many of us have accepted and believed in what he did, but there's a whole other part of it now. It is walking in his spirit. I want you to know that you have the Holy Spirit who lives in you and you can discipline yourself to walk either in the flesh or walk in the spirit. Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 and 14 says that you were sealed as a guarantee of your redemption. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. When you heard the gospel, the truth unto salvation, it says that you were sealed with that promise of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, delivering all those from the devil for God was with him. I want you to know that Jesus didn't walk on his own authority or his own power. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And I want you to know that you can be filled and you are filled with the Holy Spirit and power. But I need you to be assured of this. I don't want you to cast away your confidence or your faith. I want you to know that there is the Spirit of God living and dwelling within you. You need and I need to glorify him in everything that we do because the body is the temple in which God's Spirit resides. Listen, your neighborhood preacher wants to remind you you need to seek the helper. He's your best friend. A lot of times he's might sound like you. A lot of times, um, you know, you might want to just drop the truth because he's the Spirit of Truth. You just might want to, you know, diffuse a situation or deal with it a certain way. And it's very important that I just wrap up and tell you like this. The reality is, is that remember love, joy, peace, long suffering. Remember the fruits of the Spirit and operate that way. And I believe that you'll start to learn and you'll be empowered as you walk with the Holy Spirit. Focus on the fruits of those spirits. So I encourage you today to invite the Holy Spirit in your life and every door of your heart. Remember, he's not a tenant. That is his residency. Uh, You were purchased with a price. You are not your own. Listen, your neighborhood preacher loves you. Stay up, stay prayed up until next time. Pray for me, pray for my family, pray for the entire body of Christ. Keep your head up. Remember, I said that. You're better than that. Walk with God and walk with God strong. Your neighborhood preacher loves you. I'm out. One more thing. Your neighborhood preacher wants to remind you the inauguration has already taken place or it's, it's going down, right? We know that there's a change of the guards, but I need you to take a look at the fruits of the tree in which our government is building. I'm not against uh, any man or anyone, but I am for completely God and his word. Listen, I'm going to tell you like this. God has already been ripped out of the schools. God is, uh, being ripped out of, uh, our life as it is today. I mean, the church and the state are already getting mixed, um, more, um, more, you know, privilege and, and pushing toward abortions and, um, you know, listening to, to the higher ups when they pray, you'll notice that they never really call out who the true and living God is, um, you know, Asking God to get involved into this nation is also abiding uh, in his word in every way. I'm telling you right now, we're living in the last days and there's nothing more important than you getting close to God, close to Christ and preaching his word and his gospel and being the light. And here's why, because I'm telling you there are many that want to snuff the light out of Christ. They want to snuff the light out of what is good. They wanna promote uh, sex, they wanna promote uh, debt, they wanna promote um, abortion, they wanna promote all kinds of things. They wanna take away the rights that we already have. So what I'm trying to tell you is, in reality, this is a battle we may not be able to win, but listen, we're not supposed to fight it ourselves. We're supposed to fight it up in the heavenlies. Listen, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but are principalities of air and darkness. And, and wickedness in, in heavenly places. I just want you to know that your constant prayer to the Lord, asking him to intervene, asking him to protect these young kids, asking him to protect um, our young men and women and, and uh, flee from that sexual immorality and to live a, a right life with God, it's gonna take more than us just wishing. We gotta not only pray, but we gotta be that example. We must open our mouth. If the Bible says, how will they know unless somebody tells them? So listen, stay encouraged no matter what's taking uh, place around you. Even in the storm, there's something called an eye. There's the eye of the storm, and Jesus is the eye of the storm. No matter what's going on around you, we can find our hiding place in him. Stay up, stay prayed up at your neighborhood preacher.